God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode right here on Redeemed Radio. To get the most out of this lesson, grab your Bible, grab a notebook and a pen, and let's get started on how to learn to live a redeemed life. We are redeemed through the blood of Jesus. Enjoy this episode right here on Redeemed Radio. Hi, everybody. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of I Am Redeemed Ministries podcast. I'm so grateful you are here to hear what the Lord is saying today. God bless you in the name of Jesus. I'm so excited about the topic. I feel the presence of the Lord. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray right now so we can jump right into the topic. Father, hallelujah, God, we thank you. We reverence your presence in the name of Jesus. God, we ask that you have your way, that you speak to your people. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you for the topic of prayer. And I just hear the Lord saying that he is going to speak directly to you concerning whatever it is that you've been asking or questioning. The Lord is going to speak directly to you. And some of you have been struggling in your prayer lives. And by the end of this podcast, you will know why you've been struggling. Hallelujah why you've been questioning certain things and why it seems like whatever you were doing is no longer working. Hallelujah. We thank God that he calls us from glory to glory. Hallelujah. It's time for us to go higher and God has greater and higher expectations for us to go deeper in him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Deep calleth unto deep. Hallelujah. It's time. Hallelujah. For you to go deeper. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I'm asking that you speak. Let it not be me, but all of you, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Let it be all of you speaking to your children. We thank you, Lord, for such a a, a sensitive and necessary topic. We thank you, Father, for perfecting everything that concerns us, God. In the name of Jesus, God, I'm asking you to cleanse me so that after I have preached unto others, I myself won't be a castaway in the name of Jesus. Even reveal things to me, God, in the name of Jesus, through this lesson and through my own personal prayer lives, God, and do it for each and every one of my siblings in Christ who are listening to this broadcast right now in the name of Jesus. Perfect that which concerns them. Reveal things to them, God, in the name of Jesus. Any area in their life that may be a little messy or that may be untouched or unkept or not right or ignored in the name of Jesus I'm asking you Lord reveal it expose it make it known and fix it you're so good you're so worthy you're so able and capable and we love you God because you really are alpha and omega you are the first and the last the beginning and the ending we thank you hallelujah we know that no one can go to the father unless it's through you God we thank you for being our mediator we thank you for being our intercessor we thank you for being our high priest we thank you Jesus you are good and your mercy endures forever hallelujah we acknowledge you as our creator we acknowledge you Jesus as the one who created us the one who um, the Bible says it's by you that all things were created and it's through you that all things consist we thank you hallelujah for keeping us for making us and keeping us we thank you for being the word that was used to call these things into existence made flesh we thank you for how grand and opulent and wonderful the things that you have called us into are. We thank you for calling us to step out of the natural and into the supernatural, out of our flesh and into the spirit. Thank you that no matter what takes place in this natural life, we shall not be moved. Hallelujah. Through sorrow, through pain, through wars, through battles, misunderstandings and issues and circumstances, we will not be moved. We thank you, the lover of our soul. You're sweet. Hallelujah. And it's a pleasure and a delight 
to turn to you and to run to you. Hallelujah. We love you and to walk with you and to journey with you and to submit to you. It's a delight and an honor and it's a pleasure. We love you, sweet Savior, precious Lord. You are good and your mercy endures forever, Jesus. Thank you. And your truth unto all generation. Amen. Yes. And amen. Hallelujah. I thank God for prayer. It is it is everything. And it has been the most significant, one of the most significant aspects of my relationship with God outside of his word. It's almost like I can read the word as much as I want, but if I'm not praying, not just something, but some things will go incredibly wrong. And, um, you know, the Lord put this lesson together. Thank you, Jesus. And it has gone in the direction he wanted it to go in. Um, we recently spoke about how to advance your prayer life here on the, 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 the YouTube channel, the I am redeemed ministry YouTube channel. And, um, you know, what came into my spirit was what is prayer? What is prayer that I needed to do a teaching describing that. And so when I set out to do this teaching, that was not my intention, but it was God's intention. So I thank him that we are going to learn what prayer actually is, how we can categorize it. Okay. And, and, um, what it is. All right. So I hope that you have your Bible, um, a notebook and a pen. I hope you're ready to take notes and I pray in the name of Jesus, you are ready to grow in him. Thank you, Lord. Um, when I tell you that notes help, there are things that, so I write down, you know, when the Lord speaks, because if I don't, I won't remember everything he said. Um, and I suggest you write down things in your prayer closet as well as during lessons or if there's something um, that you really want to remember that you really will take as life-changing material, write it down so that you can always refer back to it. And um, there have been things that I've written down. Um, and when I go and look at it later, I'm like, wow, this has come to pass. I didn't even remember the Lord told me this. You know, this has happened. Well, since this has happened, I know this is going to happen, you know? So it's so important to write things down. When I tell you that I have books and books of um, lessons, just stuff <laughs> that I have um, learned about in my own personal time um, with the Lord, um, you know, so it's important to keep track of things. So if you want to keep track of this topic, like I want to know what prayer is and I want to be able to add something to it, then I suggest you take notes. I suggest you take notes. If there's something that sticks out to you that you want to meditate on or go back on, take notes. Okay. Okay. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So um, now that we have that, I hope that you got your stuff. You know, you could always pause me and go get it. So we're going to get right into this lesson. What is prayer? I'm so excited about this topic because prayer has meant so much and has been so instrumental in my relationship with God being what it is um, today and growing. And oh, you, you, you guys just have no idea. I thank him for his grace and his mercy, you know, through everything. But I must say the most issues I've ever encountered in my life were during times where I was not praying the way I was supposed to. You all already know, maybe some of you don't, but when I met it, I was not praying the way I was supposed to pray or the way I was accustomed to praying. Um, it was during a time where I had just found out about deliverance. I had just gotten into the ministry of deliverance and I was doing it over the phone at first. Um, and it was a lot. And I was doing deliverance from the morning to literally the morning. Um, I wasn't getting that much sleep. And certainly I wasn't getting that much prayer in. I was doing the bare minimum. And I had no idea about what a deliverance ministry required. But it requires you to have a strong, authentic, relevant 
prayer life, okay? You can't just go around casting out demons and not know the importance of staying connected to God um, through it through through that type of ministry. So I left a gaping wide door open for warfare and for an attack. So um, this is why at my deliverance services, before the service, um, we dedicate a good amount of time to just praying over everyone who comes in there because prayer covers and prayer closes doors which would otherwise be open. Prayer enables you to pinpoint specific areas in um, your life, your children's life, in your marriage, on your job, or for your future, and for you to address those areas in the spirit, in the supernatural, for you to take those things directly to God and call upon him and beseech him for what you want. If you want angelic protection, you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you send your link angels, your angels of battle, your angels of protection. You know, prayer enables you to do those things. So when we stop doing that, we are literally open for attack. You're not covering yourself. You know, there are some things that we have to do. We have some responsibilities as saints. Of course, God loves us and he keeps us. But if you're not considerate enough over your own spiritual and natural well-being to take the time and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, X, Y, and Z, then how can you expect to have the extra allotted grace or protection or whatever else it is that you need? Of course, God gives us grace. He gives us mercy and all that stuff. His mercies are new every morning. But Lord knows that if you are not praying, that there are some things that you're just open to. And let me tell you how that is um, true. If it weren't true, Jesus would not say, when you pray, you say, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from all evil. This is something that God needs to hear from you. This is something that needs to ring out in the spirit. This is something that you need to bring before the throne of God. I would rather say that I ask God to deliver me from evil and to not lead me into temptation when my day starts. I would rather say that I went to him with that than not say it. Okay. I would rather get that on before the throne of God than not have it before God's throne. Because if it's not before his throne, you're open. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So turn with me to second Chronicles seven, and we're going to read verses 12 through 16. Second Chronicles seven verses 12 through 16. Amen. Amen. Do we have it? We should all be familiar with this uh, particular passage of scripture. Thank you, Jesus. It says, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard your prayer, and I have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. I want to pause there and say this is why it's so important for us to have a place, a specific spot and location set apart and consecrated just for God so that you know when you step foot into that place, God is already there. That's a place where he says, this is where my name is. This is where I'm welcome. This is where I have been invited. This space has been created for me. This is where I'll be. And for some of us, we may not have a closet that we can actually fit into. We may just want it to be in our bedroom. And sometimes um, I pace back and forth in my prayer closet or whatever. But wherever your space is, let's say you say to yourself, you know what? All day, this is just my bedroom. But at 8 p.m., this becomes my prayer closet. My door is closed. It is locked. Everybody knows. Don't come in here. It's me and the Lord. You understand? You have to consecrate a space for God with what you have. Work with what you have. If it's your car, work with what you have. And when you get in that car, you say, this is my special place that I've consecrated for God. This is my prayer closet. We don't talk about certain things in this place. I don't care whether I'm praying or not. I'm just riding people around. We're not talking about certain things. We're not going certain places. I'm not listening to a, a particular type of music in this place. This place is sacred. This is a place of worship. And I want to sanctify this atmosphere as such all the time. Okay, it teaches you how to handle the holy things. See, the priests knew how to handle it, 
because the Lord taught them about the clean and the unclean and he gave them such specific instructions. Now we, we're led by the spirit of God, but some of us are so carnal in our flesh that we can't hear him. We're not sensitive to what he's saying and what he wants. So we're not sensitive to what's right and what's not right and the clean and the unclean. We can't prove those things which are excellent. This is why he says, I, I, I pray that you abound um, yet more and more in knowledge, that your love may abound in knowledge and in judgment. It's very important. Very important. Okay, listen to this. He says in verse 13, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among, among my people, if something happens to where I turn my back, if something happens to where there's some type of trouble or um, um, judgment released against these people, against my people, if my people, verse 14, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. Remember, put the name of the Lord wherever that space that you've consecrated for him, put his name there. In mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. This is what you want. You want the, the heart of God and his eyes to be wherever you open up your mouth to speak to him. That's where you want. You got to consecrate a, a space for him. But there's something that I want to pull out of this whole passage of scripture that we have here. And what that is, is that you can, you can humble yourself. You can seek God. You can turn from your wicked ways, which is really repentance. But if you're not praying, God cannot hear you. Did y'all hear that? And I wrote down this little chart and there are four things God says. He says, humble, pray, seek, and turn, right? Which means really repentance, turning from your wicked ways. So he says, humble, pray, seek, and turn. So for your humility, he forgives. When you pray, he hears. When you turn, he'll heal. But you, in order for him to hear you on any of these things, you got, you have to pray. You can seek him, but if you're not speaking, he's not hearing you. So we have to learn to give the, the appropriate attention to our prayer lives. We have to, and I'm going to tell you something. The enemy fights you so hard on your prayer life because that's where the power is. That's why it's so difficult for you to pray, for you to focus in prayer, for you to hear from the Lord when you're praying and all of that stuff. You know why? It's because the enemy knows how powerful it is. So he will attack either your prayer life or the answers to your prayers getting to you. And never is it expected of us to stop praying. That's not the expectation. The expectation is that we are so grounded and rooted in prayer that whether or not things are right or wrong, whether or not things are going well or not so well, whether or not the answer came quickly or it seems to be prolonged and it's coming, we are supposed to be so grounded and rooted in prayer that we pray regardless. That's just what we do. We pray. It's not because I need something. It's not because I'm going through warfare. It's not because I'm happy. It's not because I'm sad. It's because that's what is it's a part of my life. It's, it's one of the greatest aspects of my life. I have to do it. And there's a certain way that I have to do it. So what we can gather out of 2 Chronicles 7, 12 through 16 is that you can attempt to change. You can attempt to repent. You can attempt to seek the face of the Lord. You can attempt to humble yourself. You can do all those things. But if you're not praying, God is not hearing you. So um, having no prayer life, not praying to God, but and somehow still trying to read the word and trying to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but not spending a dedicated amount of time in prayer, it's the equivalent of you liking somebody and you, you know, sitting down and kind of staring at them and watching them. 
but never saying anything. There's only but so far the connection and the relationship can go. They see you showing a little bit of interest, but you never open your mouth. Well, that is the Christian without a prayer life. You seem to be showing a little interest, but you never open your mouth. You don't want to really connect because you don't really want to communicate. All right, your connection is not that important because you don't make communication that important, okay? So there are two ways I perceive prayer, which cause me personally to treat it and think of it as this grand thing. I don't just think of it as, oh, you know, I my prayer time or, you know, this is something that I have to do after a certain time. I think of prayer as the grand aspect of my day. This is the culmination. This is what my day is leading up to. This is the way my day should start. And this is the way my day should end. And it should just be authentic. It should be real. It should not be forced. If you don't know what to do when you go into prayer, if you don't have anything to say, and I'm telling you these things to bring you closer to the Lord, open up your mouth and begin to worship him. Open up your mouth and begin to worship him and just get lost in worship. Make up a song, but spend some time connecting to God in the realm of the spirit. You spend so much time doing everything else. Think about how many hours of, of the day you spend at your job. Think about how many hours of the day you spend talking to everyone else. So now think about the issue that must really be going on in the realm of the spirit when you try to speak to God and don't have anything to say. You have to learn to pour out. You have to say, God, show me my heart. What's within me? What's stopping me from praying? God, give me the desire to pray. God, open up your word to me. In the name of Jesus, you see this and you see that. And I need your help in this area. And God, I love you so much. And I want to see your face. Pray. Talk to him. Love on him. Talk sweetly to him. So I perceive prayer as something absolutely necessary and um, something that's just amazing. I just thank the Lord for it. It's an honor. It's a privilege to pray. If he's going to wake me up at five o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning, two thirty in the morning, whatever it is, I count it a privilege to wake up, but to be accounted as one of those who God says, okay, I'm going to talk to them this morning. And you know, he's doing it with hundreds of millions of people. But when he taps on your shoulder early in the morning and you know, he's saying, let's, you know, I want, let's talk, go pray. You need to go pray. That's a very special thing. You have to think of it as, wow, the creator of the universe just woke me up out of all the people who are sleeping, out of all the saints who are sleeping. God has woke me up because he wants to talk to me. I wonder what it is he wants to say, or I wonder what it is he wants to hear from me. Let me get up and go into my prayer closet. That's it. That's it. You have to think of it as something that's so awesome, so amazing, and so pleasing for you. So there are two ways I perceive my prayer life. The, way, the first way is um, I call it my prayer life. <laughs> I don't call it my time of prayer. I don't say I just pray or I have a heart. I call it my prayer life. This is not just something that I do. Okay. I address it. I address prayer as my prayer life because I treat it like it's an entity, like it's a component. It's not just a thing. It's not just something. It's a tangible, physical entity. <clears throat> I can touch this entity. I can smell it. I can taste it. I can see it. I can hear it. I can partake in it. I perceive prayer to be alive. It's growing. It's thriving, it's maturing, it's increasing in knowledge and understanding and its ability to speak. I perceive prayer to be breathing and thinking. It is not just something that I do. I don't just wake up, you know, early in the morning or before I go to sleep. I don't just pray because I'm supposed to pray. I pray because I have a prayer life. Okay, and there's a difference. And I want you to think of, of it that way. No, it doesn't. See, when you have a prayer life, doesn't matter whether things are good or bad. You're going to pray because you have a prayer life. You don't just pray sometimes. You don't just pray when you need to. This is not just seasonal. This is life. 
This thing is alive. This thing needs to be taken care of. It needs attention. It needs to be tended to. This is my prayer life. I need to make sure this thing is breathing. I need to make sure it's healthy. I need to make sure it's fed. I need to make sure it's strong. It's not just something I do. It's my prayer life. So that's how I think about prayer. That's the way number one. I'm not finished talking about it. It is not just something I do. It is a supernatural and natural part of me. Okay. It's not just a natural part of me. I'm not just speaking. It's a supernatural part of me also because I'm now speaking into the spirit. I'm connecting to our great God. So this is a part of me, not just naturally, but supernaturally also. And it makes me who I am. Do you understand that? That when you begin to pray to God and you develop a life of prayer, that it begins to mold you and shape you <clears throat> and conform you, excuse me, into who you are that it gives you the strength you need it gives you the understanding you need it gives you the power you need it gives you the peace you need it gives you the rest you need it gives you the understanding you need it gives you the connection to god you need it shapes you it makes you who you are you don't have a ministry if you don't have a prayer life prayer makes you who you are Anybody can open up the Bible. Most people, I won't say anybody, can open up the Bible and pick out a good sermon. But everybody does not have a prayer life. Everybody cannot say that I am the strong man of God or the strong woman of God I am today because I have such a strong prayer life. Some people are just good at um, speaking. Honestly, some people are really just great at speaking. Some people are good at putting sermons together and, and studying and, um, you know, capturing our attention with good words. But there are some people where there's such an anointing that rests upon them in what they're saying. Not just that it sounds good, but that it's anointed to change the course of your life. That is an anointing that's birthed out of intimacy with God and intimacy with God is obtained through a prayer life. So sometimes it's just really good speakers, really intriguing sermons, but sometimes there's an anointing on the word that goes forth that you can only get through having a real prayer life. You understand? That's to everyone who feels called to ministry. You need to develop your prayer life. You need to develop time. You need to develop discipline. Enough discipline to set aside time for the Lord. And then, then you talk about your, your call to the ministry. If you're not praying, he's not hearing you. I consider my prayer life to be the nucleus or the core of my communication with God. It, it, it centers how I reach him. If I think about reaching God, I, I say, okay, I have to pray. It's the core. It's the nucleus. It's the thing that everything is birthed out of. Everything is centered upon this thing. If I need to speak to him, I need that. I need a prayer life. I need him to hear me. I need that. That's the core. That's the nucleus. Without it. God cannot hear me without it. I have no access to God's throne, no allotted grace, mercy, or help. See, we all have God's grace and mercy and I thank the Lord for it. But there are some situations which we will encounter or that we have encountered that if we had a prayer life, we wouldn't even have seen it. It wouldn't even have been able to manifest. We wouldn't have had to go through it. If at the time we had a prayer life, there's a special grace and mercy and help that we receive when we pray. Turn with me to Hebrews 4 and 16. Thank you, Jesus. I thank the Lord for his word. Thank you, Jesus. So that's Hebrews 4 and 16. And it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Now, how do you access God's throne? Said you have to go there. 
You have to go there. Well, you go before God's throne through prayer, through a prayer life. It it thrusts you into a different location. Okay, you're no longer just in your prayer closet. Now you're at God's feet. Now, whatever it is you're going through, you can receive the grace you need, the mercy you need, and the help that you need in a time of need. Now, speaking of it as a place that you go, listen, let me tell you the second way that I perceive prayer. Remember the first way I call it my prayer life. Now, here's the second way. I say I go into prayer. I don't just simply say I have to pray or, you know, I need to pray. And that may come out at some point. But if I'm conscious about what I'm saying, I say I go into prayer. I have to go into prayer. Oh, it's 730. It's almost time for me to go into prayer because I don't just want to pray. I treat prayer like it's an actual location. Okay. I feel it and perceive it to be a place. So I don't just think of it as me just talking to Jesus. No, I feel like I've just entered in to a whole different space and realm. It, I perceive it in my mind. I think of prayer like it's a place, okay? A place where I can enter. Why do I perceive it this way? Why do I feel like prayer is this, this, this way? It's because when I pray, the entire room changes. You can't tell me that you've gone into prayer. Sometimes people pray and forget where they are. Sometimes people go into prayer and they don't even know where they are. Sometimes people go into prayer and they can't even hear what's going on around them. Sometimes people go into prayer and they forget how long they've been in there. Because the entire room changes. The air changes. Your heart changes. You're no longer in the same location mentally or spiritually. Now your mind and your spirit has entered into a whole different realm for a whole set of purposes outside of where you are. Prayer is a place that we go. We enter into it. Why? Because it keeps us focused on the objective. The objective is to communicate with our God, is to communicate with our Lord, is to connect with him. So I have to forget about my natural location and I have to enter in to this spiritual location. And when I enter in, it's viewed as us pulling back the veil between ourselves in the realm of the spirit. Okay. You pull back that veil and you enter in and you go boldly before the throne of grace and you're able to get closer to God than you are throughout any other time of the day. When you're praying, you're closer to God than you are during any other time. You're at his feet and you're making the conscious decision to focus on him. And we know he loves when we focus on him. When we set our minds on things that are above and on the things that are eternal. And when we place our heart where he is. Thank you, Jesus. And our treasure where he is. Thank you. So God loves that. So this is why making a place for prayer is so important, you all. Um, and the Lord just has me going over these things and I feel like I'm repeating them. And we know that God, he will repeat things for us. And the reason why is that a lot of us are about to go into this fast. A lot of us are in a season of transition. And if you're not praying, you just won't be as strong as you're supposed to be when you get there. Okay, a lot of us are going into a fast and some demons come out through prayer and fasting. Not just fasting, not just prayer. You need to combine the two to get rid of whatever you feel is a weakness or a shortcoming or an area where you need deliverance. Okay, so when we make a place for prayer, we're showing God that first of all, prayer is important for us. And it lets God know that we've set a part, a special location just for him. Remember what he said to Solomon, because you have done this, because you have placed my name there. If my people 
would do these things, then this is how I would respond. But first he needs a place, right? A place where his name is. A place where he can whisper in your ear and speak to you. Uh, a place where he can expose the contents of your heart and impart into you and reveal things to you. The Christian without a dedicated space for prayer is like a married couple with no bedroom. That doesn't even make sense. It's like, where do you rest? Where do you connect? Where do you have uninterrupted time with each other? Where do you make time for each other uninterrupted if you don't have a bedroom? It's the same thing with a Christian who has no prayer life, um, no prayer closet, no space for prayer, excuse me. Where do you connect with God? Where's your place of rest? Where do you make um, uninterrupted time for the Lord? You need a space for him. You need a consecrated space and you enter into that space and you forget about everything else, okay? And you speak to the Lord. Prayer is not just something we do. It is a location which we enter, okay? And the deeper we enter in, the more enveloped we become in the supernatural presence of God and all that entails. See, now when you enter into prayer and you go deep into prayer and you say, you know what? I feel like I'm not deep enough. I don't feel enough. And you focus more and you speak in tongues more or um, you sing more and you enter deeper into his presence. You, you, you begin to get a larger uh, measure of all that he is. You'll, you'll get more peace. You'll get more revelation. You'll get more understanding because you're giving him more. So now he can give you more. Remember, he says, you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. You're drawing closer. So now in turn, he draws closer. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Ephesians 6 and 18. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 6 and 18. This is Paul talking to the church in Ephesus. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Thank you, Jesus. One thing that a lot of us seem to overlook sometimes is that in the book of Ephesians, prayer is a part of our armor. So listen to what he says. He says, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching and thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, so what does this say to me? What does Ephesians 6 and 18 say to me? Um, it says prayer is the part of your armor which gives you vision. It enables you to watch. It gives you discernment. It heightens your level of awareness, not just of yourself and what you need to work on, but also of the people around you. Because now remember, you're connected to God. That connection should not be easily broken. If you really, if you have a prayer life and you go into prayer, when you come out, it's going to be obvious, just like it was obvious with Moses when he came out of the presence of God and the glory was on him. That's the same way it is with us. You will have a heightened level of awareness, not just about you, but about other people, because you're just that connected to the spirit of God through your time of communication and connection with him. Prayer is also where you receive the momentum you need to survive the perseverance. That means when you have a prayer life and you go into prayer, when you encounter issues, you're good. It doesn't mean that they don't bother you. It doesn't mean that it may not hurt. What it means is that you make it through because you have substance. You're grounded and rooted in a place that puts you right before the throne of God. You can't be easily moved. You have momentum. You can go. You can keep going. Even if it hurts, even if it's uncomfortable, you have a prayer life. You're, you're centered in something that keeps you connected to your creator. You're not going to fall over. You're not going to stop. Prayer is where you get the momentum, the perseverance that you need to survive. And prayer is where you pour out to God, not just on behalf of yourself, but on behalf of your brethren, right? Turn with me to the uh, book of James. Let's go to James right after Hebrew. And we are going to go to the fifth chapter. We're going to start at the 13th verse. And what does the Bible say? James is saying, and this is the Holy Spirit speaking through him. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. 
So this is first point. If you feel like you're afflicted, if you feel like you're going through something, you need to pray. Sometimes when we start going through things, the one thing the enemy wants us to do is feel like we can't pray. We're too guilty to pray. We're too condemned to pray. We don't have the strength to pray. We don't have the power to pray. Let me tell you something. If I can't get up and walk into my prayer closet, I'm, I'm going to pray in my bed. And guess what? I remember one time I did not feel like getting out of my bed to go pray. And I said, you know what? This means I definitely, I don't need to pray in my bed because this for me is just a, it's not a sacred place. I need to go into that prayer closet because if the enemy is trying to keep me out of there, then that means that's where the power is. And y'all, do you know when I went to move my legs to get out of the bed, I got a Charlie horse cramp. I said, I bind you in the name of Jesus and cast you out. And you know, that thing left. I, I'm telling you, these demons do not want us praying. I got right up and went into that prayer closet and prayed. I don't care if I only have strength to pray for five minutes. I don't care if I only have strength to pray, to pray for 10 minutes. I don't care, you know, if it's not the hour and the two hour and the hour and a half. I'm going to do as much as I can in that prayer closet. The, as much as I can. Even if sometimes I have to sit down, put on that... Um, that the, the instrumental that I sent to you all in the newsletter, and uh, you can access that through my Spotify, but um, it's, a, it's, a it's a playlist of instrumental music for prayer and worship. If I just have to go into my prayer closet and sit down and be quiet in the presence of the Lord and hear what he's saying or hear what's in my heart before I start speaking to him, I will. But I'm not going to let anything stop me from getting to prayer. It's a reason why the enemy wants to stop you. He needs a doorway into your life. And if you're not praying, you're not covering yourself. And then James goes on to say, is any Mary? Let him sing Psalms. But I want us to pull that out. If you're going through something, you have to pray. That's not the time to turn away from prayer. You pray, you say what you can. You do what you can. Hallelujah. You say with the, um, with the, the, what was it? The publican said, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Get on your knees, cover your head, do your thing, make it special, make it authentic. I don't care if you don't have it in you because I've been through times where I did not have it in me to pray deeply, to pray um, earnestly, to pray with the, the fervor that I once prayed with. And what I did was I just said whatever I had to say, Father, I, I, I don't feel you the way I used to, and it's, it feels difficult for me. Go in there and be authentic, pour it out. But what you have to do is you have to fight. And so when those times come, um, what I do is I say, I tear down every wall that the enemy has built between my mouth and God's ears. In the name of Jesus, I tear it down. And you go to singing and you go to praying and you go to hollering because remember, this is war. And sometimes we don't address the issues that we are facing as war. So we just start feeling victimized and why is this happening? What's the issue? You're being attacked. You're in a war. There's a whole kingdom against you. They hate you. They want you to die. So you have to fight. You have to fight for everything, including your prayer life. And prayer is so important that they will fight you on your ability to pray and you have to be so strong and so disciplined and so settled that they already know they can't you know what she gonna pray anyway even if she limping she gonna pray you you understand and i'm talking about from personal experience limping around crying around going through don't know what to say sitting there looking silly i'm assuming still make that time Verse 14, what does he say? Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. It's the name of the Lord. Jesus, hallelujah. Anoint him in the name of the Lord. So what does that mean? When you're sick, pray. So, so far, what does James say? When you're afflicted, pray. When you're sick, pray. Verse 15, in the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. 15, what does that mean? Prayer brings healing from sickness and freedom from sin. This is scripture now. 16, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What does that mean? If you are at fault, confess and pray. You're doing something you don't have no business? Confess and pray. Why? What will God do? God will heal you from whatever you're going through whatever the issue is whatever is plaguing you he'll heal you confess and pray if you're at fault and then let's read um 17 through 18 elias or elijah was a man subject to passions as we are 
And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And guess what? And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So what is this scripture in James 5, 17 through 18 saying? It's saying that it's not that Elijah was special in the sense of his ability to connect with God, even though he was a special man of God. We all know that. He was an uh, amazing, awesome prophet of God, both uh, prophet of the Lord. And we thank the Lord for the ministry he had because it's still the Holy Spirit is still using it to feed us. But what what? What James is saying here, what the Holy Spirit is saying through James is that it's not that Elijah was so much special, um, so much more special than you all. He actually, it was subject to the same things that y'all are subject to. He's subject to like passions just like you. He's a man just like you, subject to the same things that you are. But when he prayed earnestly, see y'all can't pray and give up. Y'all got to keep going. You got to keep going. There have been times, like I said, I didn't have it in me. If I only had five minutes in me, I have five minutes. But guess what that meant? Five minutes here. When I think about it, I'm going back in there an hour later. I'm giving him another five minutes. Whatever I'm able to do, I'm going to do it. And there have been times in my life where I felt just that beat down or just that attack where I'm like, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't, I don't have it to pour out. Okay. But you know what? You can pray and within that five minutes and say, God, it's not in me to pour out, but I'm asking that you pour into me so that I can pray the way I'm supposed to pray. And if we would switch our minds to just thank God and worship him, I'm telling you, whatever I used to go through with the oh, five minute here, five minute there, you won't even go through it. I have learned that worship is the key that unlocks your issues in prayer you won't even have them whatever issues you had they're gone if you go in there and you focus on god and his glory and praising him rather than what you're going through if you put that above what you're going through you'll be good i'm gonna go to a scripture in a minute um let me turn to it now so it doesn't slip my mind and we are going to philippians okay all right just just remember that Philippians four, but so it's not that Elijah was um, special in that, you know, he had some type of things that he didn't go through and we got to go through. So no, he was a man subject to the same passions that we are. So it's not that he was special. Listen to what was special. Prayer is special. The law of prayer is special and prayer by faith. That's what's special. That's what I'm saying. You you have a ministry. It, it's, it's not the person. That's the anointing that comes through prayer. Because prayer is special. Prayer is unique. Now you can talk to everybody. You can talk to everybody on planet earth. But your life won't change. Your life can stay the same. But when you start talking to God. When you have a prayer life. When you enter into prayer. Your life will change. Because prayer is special. It's unique. It's a consecrated thing. You're not praying to your husband. You're not praying to your wife. You're not praying to your children. You're not praying to your boss. You speak with them. You may debate with them. You converse with them. Whatever. But when it comes to God, you pray. It's a special form of communication. The greatest and highest and wealthiest form of communication we can engage in as human beings. So it's not that Elijah was so special, it's that prayer is so special. That's what got it to stop raining and that's what caused it to start raining again. It was prayer. Thank you, Jesus. And now we'll go to Philippians and we'll finish here. Philippians 4, Philippians 4. And we're going to do verse six. Be careful for nothing by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. This is one of the first scriptures um, that I learned uh, in regards to prayer. I remember reading it and saying, wow, God says when you pray, you give thanks before you make your request known. And so that's what I would do. And it would help me a lot. You go in there and you just thank him and it sends you into worship. 
thank him for everything you can think of. And it will send you into a genuine worship and praise of God. And then you let your requests be made known. And when you start requesting things, it'll be done in a different spirit. Uh, rather than if you would have just went into your time of prayer and said, Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, I need you to do this and I need you to do that and I need you to do this. No. You go in there and you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for my life. I thank you for my health. I thank you for my strength. I thank you that even though I don't like this season, this season is going to change. I thank you, God, that you're faithful. I thank you, God, that you perfect everything that concerns us. I thank you for taking care of my family. I thank you for waking them up. I thank you that I didn't have to bury anybody today. God, I thank you. I still have breath in my lungs. You thank him. And then when you start making your requests known, it's going to be done with power. It's going to be done with more confidence. And it's going to be done in a better spirit. So what is prayer? What is prayer? It is your lifeline. It enables you to navigate through this uh, earth. Imagine prayer as the wheel. And it enables you to navigate through this earth. You never want to lose control of the wheel. You never want to let go of that wheel. You need to hold on to it. You need to know how to handle it. So what is prayer? It is your lifeline. It is your system of navigation. It is the cord which connects you to God. It is the, the, the avenue that places you right before his throne. That's where it leads you. It is the highest form of communication that you can partake in. It is necessary. It's not just something you do. It is your life. Why do you pray? Because you want to live. That's why. That's why. Prayer is your lifeline. And you pray because you want to live. We thank God for his great mercies, his awesomeness. We thank him for his faithfulness. And we thank him for his word. And I pray that you are well fed. Hallelujah. And I look forward to seeing you. In the next live stream, blessings to you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May his spirit and his presence go with you and may your prayer life grow into a place that you've never imagined it could go. I bless you all in the name of Jesus and I seal these words with the blood of Jesus. It is in his name that I speak and pray. Hallelujah. Amen.